Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 270, and today we're going to be talking about some best practices for selling an Amazon business or maybe buying an Amazon business or an e-commerce business. We're going to talk about all the ins and the outs with an expert in this field. Now, his name is Joe Valley, and uh, he came on and really gave me some good tips But then more importantly, just some really best practices for running your business in general. So this way here, if you ever wanted to exit or ever wanted to sell the business, you can and you won't have any problems as far as with financials and things like that. So really great conversation. I mean, this guy has sold millions of dollars worth of businesses and not just Amazon businesses, uh, e-commerce businesses. He actually had one himself that he sold for for a pretty good uh, amount of money and then he's also made a couple of mistakes that led him into the business that he's into now, which is buying and selling businesses. And he's going to talk about that because right now we're kind of all talking about like, oh my gosh, look what just happened, you know, with Amazon. And uh, we talk a lot about what happened to him with the Google slap. And it was very similar, except it was a lot worse because they didn't give him like a second chance. Like Amazon saying like, listen, you know, we know the review thing it's going on. We got to, we got to kind of step in here and, uh, and basically just say, listen, you can't, you can't go out there and exchange, you know, a discount for a review. You just can't do it and we're not going to let you do it. And they're going to probably still refine that even more. But you guys have heard me say, you know, in the past is that, or maybe you have, and if you're new to the show, welcome to the show, by the way. But, uh, you know, Google's been doing this for years where they're just going to come out with these updates and all of a sudden websites are getting penalized. So I think it was really great to have him come on and explain that story, which that wasn't even planned. He just kind of came on and then shared it. And I'm like, well, we got to dig into that a little bit. And uh, just to let you guys know that when you are playing on someone else's playground, right, their land, Uh, you have to play by their rules. And uh, when you are going to build a business that you possibly want to sell, there's a few things that you want to make sure that you do right. And even if you're not doing it right now, you can still correct that. You can kind of course correct. And that's what he's going to explain as well. So he's going to give us some tips on how to do that. And even if you don't want to sell, it's still good practices for running a business. And this isn't just an Amazon business. Yes, we're going to be talking about that because a lot of you are starting there. But you guys know that I've said this all along, like the Amazon business is the start. Then from there, we want to build outside of that. And uh, here at uh, the Amazing Seller Podcast, we're definitely going to be focusing really, really hard um, towards that now that this new updates happened and everything, because I think it's woken everyone up and we really got to start focusing on that. So it's a great time, I think, to have on Joe and really explain about best practices so we can you know, make ourselves a little bit less at risk uh, for something that happens in the future. So guys, I'm going to stop talking now so we can listen to this this amazing conversation that I had with Joe. But I just want to remind you guys, if you wanted the show notes or the transcripts, um, also he's going to have a link for us that you can uh, get some best practices. I think he put together a nice little PDF for us. So head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 270 and you can get all the show notes, the links and the transcripts there. I'm sure you're going to want to do that because this is a pretty solid episode. All right, so uh, definitely go over and check those out. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and listen to this uh, awesome interview that I did with Joe Valley. Enjoy. Well, hey, Joe, what's up, man? Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. How's it going? Awesome. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on, Scott. Yeah, no problem. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty there, but we got to figure it out now. I think we're going to be good. I think we're going to be good to go. 
think so. Yeah. Back to the old school way. <laughs> Back to the old school. All right. So uh, the reason why I wanted to have you on is because, uh, you know, some of us are either going to be faced with possibly selling our business, our Amazon business, or even our, our outside of Amazon business. And uh, what I wanted to do is really kind of get your uh, opinion and kind of like your, I guess, uh, tips as far as like, what do we need to do to prepare for that or even to uh, maybe build something and then, you know, kind of move towards that. And I know that you have some expertise in this. So why don't you just give us a little bit of a background as, as far as like what you've done and where you've kind of gotten this expertise from, and then you can maybe share some of those tips and stuff so we can kind of understand this whole process. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Uh, I've been self-employed since 1997, so I'm kind of an old guy, just over 50 years old. (laughs) And uh, my background's in the direct response marketing business and radio, did some television infomercials, things of that nature. The last product I had, I took 100% online in 2005. And from 2005 to 2010, all I did was e-commerce, nutritional supplement site, built the business up and sold it in 2010 through Quiet Life Brokerage. I went to work for Quiet Life Brokerage in early 2012. Simultaneously, I bought another uh, business. It was a lead generation business. And I bought it March 1st, 2012. And on April 12th, 2012, it got hit by the Penguin update. Ooh, okay. So I was making a cool $10,000 a month for doing literally nothing on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. And then it dropped in half and so on and so forth. So I learned a lot. I've had some great successes in e-commerce and in business and then some good failures too. You learn from your failures as much as your successes, probably more. Yeah. Well, let's let's stop on that for one second because, you know, as we're recording this, uh, just this past week, um, you know, this big update came came on about Amazon, about their review policy and, and everyone, you know, got all, you know, worked up and, and got excited about it, right? Not in a good way, but, you know, kind of all paranoid and kind of like, what do we do now? And, and I've kind of told people like, if you've been in this game at all in other parts of the online space, you've seen the penguin, you've seen the different updates from Google and Google literally some nights you'll wake up or the, you know, sometimes you'd wake up the next morning and your business is basically gone. Like literally, like you've got traffic one day and the next day you have zero. Um, and you're basically telling me that that kind of affected you in that way. It absolutely happened to me. You know, on the on the e-commerce business that I built, uh, all I did was write good quality content over five years, helpful content, mm-hmm. white hat SEO. I didn't know the term mm. until after I sold it. Um, I, I did the right thing. I looked after the customer. And, and I think, obviously, the business that I bought, they cheated. They got to the top of the rankings with bad link practices, and mm. I didn't know enough to, to look for it. And and I think the same holds true with Amazon. Amazon, obviously, is an enormous marketplace now. And I think that if you do the right thing by your customer, you're not going to have problems. Mm. Uh, I sold a business this summer I was telling you about a little little earlier where uh, she was doing fantastic, incredible numbers on Amazon over the course of two and a half years. I'm talking putting $700,000 of profit in her pocket every year. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter of 2015, a competitor came along, knocked off her products, gave away a thousand products for free reviews, and really started to eat into her profits. Mm. But she was smart. She took some of her revenue or some of her products offline, started selling them B2B, started doing custom engraving and things of that nature. And that revenue offset the loss on Amazon, and she had a stable business that she was then able to sell. Uh, in June of 2016. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so she had to pivot, you know, she had to pivot. She's seen it happen again. I mean, I don't think Amazon or, or even Google for that matter, does any, any, any of these things to penalize 
the people that are truly building something, you know, by the book in a sense, right? It's where you're doing right by the customer. You're putting good value back into the marketplace and then they're going to reward you. It's the ones that are, like you said, they're doing bad, bad, uh, backlinking or they're trying to shortcut the system. And someone that's giving out a thousand units to try to eat in on, on a competitor, that, that has never been something that I would have ever uh, said to do. You know, in, in the beginning, I've always said, you need sales, right? We need sales, so why not go out and find people that are interested in your product and go ahead and ask for them to, you know, kind of try and test your product like you would in any other business, maybe with 100 units. And then that's it. After that, it's all about pay-per-click. It's all about, you know, getting uh, more sales, get, getting ranked inside of the Amazon platform, and then hopefully maybe even driving some outside traffic to a landing page or all of that stuff. But... Like you said, this happened to her, and this whole update is really to go after people that were doing that because they were, you know, guys or gals with deep pockets could do that. They could afford to do that, and there's not a lot that we could do or that we even want to do to compete with that because you're you're playing with dirty people in my in my mind. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and their their revenue, you know, trajectory is is kind of just like a shooting star. It goes up and then it drops, mm. you know. And and she sent me a note the other day that their ratings, their reviews have been hacked by Amazon. Oh yeah, they're, you know, they're they're one fifth of what they were. And that's happening. Uh, yes. Yeah, and the buyer of her business is pleased because you know their sales are climbing back up again, and they're in a good situation. Yeah. All right, so uh, I, I did want to touch on that, and I know we didn't even plan on that, but I wanted to because I didn't even realize that you were you were slapped by Google, and and uh, that's a that's a good point because I'm telling people kind of about that. I'm like, you know, this it's can a great happen. lesson. It's a great lesson. I'm I'm sorry that you had to learn it for us, but it is a great lesson. I, I know yeah. other people though; it's it, the same thing happened. I mean, they were doing twenty thousand dollars a month, and then within one day, they got slapped by the, by Google, and their their business had lost all the rankings, and now all of a sudden that revenue has gone to zero. Uh, you know, at, at least Amazon didn't say you can't sell. They basically just said, we're not going to allow you to do reviews like that anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and any reviews that came from some of these maybe review clubs that they didn't really approve of, or the people they didn't approve of, they're going to wipe out those, those reviews. Um, so again, I don't think of it as, as, as much as a Google slap was a Google slap was like, if you had those kind of links, they're going to detect them. You're gone, done. Uh, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this because this is interesting now, I think, because uh, some people may right now be building a business on Amazon and maybe even their own e-commerce store or maybe one or the other. And they're thinking to themselves, you know, maybe what I'll do is I'll build this thing up to a certain revenue number and then, you know, turn a good profit and then maybe sell it and maybe get out of this business and then reinvest that into something else. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. What are you seeing people do in this space as far as like buying and selling uh, businesses, whether they're FBA or whether they're, you know, uh, you know, an, an online business? Yeah. Well, in the last four years, I've closed about $30 million in transactions, wow. um, about just, just under 14 million in the last 12 months. Wow. And uh, of that, in the last 24 months, about 5 million of strictly FBA oh, wow. businesses. I've got one closing on Friday of this week. It's what, September? No, it's October 11th. I've got one closing Friday. It's a 10-year-old Amazon store, 100% um, Amazon, uh, closing for $1.8 million. Wow. And it's, be and it's being done through an SBA loan because it's it's got the history. It's got the legs. It's over three years old and has the tax returns. Wow. Um, there are more buyers out there for good e-commerce businesses mm -hmm. than there are sellers. 
the, the problem uh, I have with the sellers is educating them, and I'm so glad you're having me on here because it's almost like an intervention. My job is to uh, do valuations you know, all day, every day, and we do it as part of our service because we're success-based brokers. We only get paid if a transaction closes, mm-hmm. um, and we only want to take on good listings that are going to sell. 90% of the people I talk to, we don't list their business. Mm-hmm. We give them some advice in terms of getting their financials in good, clean shape and building a stronger business so it has more value 6, 12, 18, 24 months down the road and, and helping them understand the valuation process and how the multiples work so that they can set some personal goals. And once they reach them, they can say, hey, this is great. I'm going to sell the business. Or they say, hey, this this is great. I'm rolling in dough. I'm mm-hmm. working 10, 20 hours a week. Why in the world would I ever sell it? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So why don't we dig into that a little bit? So why don't we talk a little bit about some numbers, right? Like, so, or let's talk about a good, clean business to begin with. Like, let's talk about that first. Like, so what, if we're building a business, okay, or even just a brand and we're starting on Amazon, okay, uh, what what are we what are good practices there as far as what would an investor that would possibly want to buy that be interested in? Is it a, a business that has multiple products and uh, and has some legs there? What kind of sales history are we looking at? Are we looking at uh, a site that could be a site that sells three different kinds of of uh, brands uh, or branded products in in three different markets? Or is it better to be more market specific? So maybe you can give us some details on that first, and then we can move into some of the account, you know, being clean and all that. Okay. Let's, let's start with the basics, which the most important thing, uh, an entrepreneur can do, which many, many don't is start using QuickBooks or zero or some sort of accounting software, mm-hmm. uh, have good, clean financials because when they want to sell their business, good, clean financials are really one of the most important things. The second is having it easily transferable Third, maybe being risk-averse. They don't want to be um, competing against other sellers on Amazon selling the same product. So you want to probably have private label products that you can take your own brand and go off onto your your own URL or daily deal sites or coupon or so on and so forth. Uh, but, But clean financials is the most important first step. So many people start these businesses as hobbies and co-mingle financials with, you know, other businesses all in one bank account. That's okay. That's what people do. I I did it. You may have done it yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once you hit your stride a little bit, remove everything else from the profit and loss statement and from the bank account, except the one business that you've got incorporated in it, and then focus on that only. But just to be clear, by clean financials, I don't mean do you know not take advantage of the benefits of being an entrepreneur you sure. can still write off the things we all write off as an entrepreneur sure sure uh, you know when you run a profit and loss statement you get a net income when you do it in quickbooks or zero there's net income but then you've got to create an ad back schedule and that's what what i do all those personal benefits that you write through the business become part of an ad back schedule so let's just say that you pay yourself a hundred thousand dollars a year that you write your car off through it that you write your health insurance through it your cell phone and that trip to disney with the family last year and between all of those it adds up to one hundred and fifty thousand. but if you run a profit and loss statement in quickbooks it may show that you've got fifty thousand dollars in profit 
when you then create the ad back schedule and all these personal benefits that you have built into it, you add the two together and you get $200,000. That's the most important number to understand when you're running a business and trying to get that valuation done. It's called seller's discretionary earnings. The value of these businesses are a multiple of your trailing 12-month seller's discretionary earnings. So if it's $200,000, a good Amazon business right now, probably going to list in the two and a half to three time range. Okay. So it'd be two and a half to three times that $200,000 seller's discretionary earnings. But it's going to vary greatly, Scott. If, if the business is, it's got to be the youngest I've ever sold is it uh, was listed when it was 18 months old, sold when it was 20 months old. Okay. Historically, we've always said, let's not list anything uh, under 24 months old because it was Google and organic rankings and odds are they cheated to get to the top. Right. right. With, with Amazon, it's a little different with Amazon, right? I mean, you can, in this marketplace, you can get to the top of the rankings by doing the right thing and not cheating, offering a good product, getting good reviews in a positive way, and still do very well. So I'd say at least 18 months old. But the older the business is, the more stable it is, and the longer track record of success you have, and the less risk there is. Remember, mm. risk is a big thing that buyers are looking to avoid. They're spending a lot of money and they know it's a risk, but they want a business that's going to have low risk. And the older the business is, the lower the risk it is. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And then the other thing is, you know, when you start on Amazon and you create that brand uh, and then you want to add SKUs to it and build on Amazon.com, CA, JP, UK, whatever it might be, go off of Amazon as well. Mm. Right, growth opportunities help sell businesses faster and for more value. Buyers are not looking at a business that's generating, let's say, hundred thousand dollars in annual discretionary earnings, and say, "Great, I'm happy with that. That's all I ever want to make. I'm going to write you a check for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I'm going to work ten, twenty hours a week like you, and then I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year for the rest of my life." Mm-hmm. That's not what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They they want to they want to buy the business and they want to grow it. Yeah. And if you've already opened up those paths to growth, like I've heard you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, with daily deal sites, with uh, any other marketplaces, Walmart.com, eBay, which is not as big, but Walmart is just crushing it right now. Mm-hmm. Some of those marketplaces, if you if you open up those paths, when you go to sell your business, even if you don't have a 12-month track record there, it shows that the paths are real, that they're actionable, that they're creating uh, profits for you and that the growth is there. And that business now has multiple streams of income, different growth opportunities. You're on Amazon and you're off Amazon in different marketplaces. So there's less risk, more growth opportunities, different streams of income. If you have another business that is equal in size, let's say it's generating just on Amazon, 100% Amazon marketplace, $100,000 in discretionary earnings. That's a lot riskier. Yeah, there are there are growth opportunities, but you haven't taken advantage of them. You haven't opened up those paths yet. So the buyer has to come in and do that work, and the buyer is going to get one hundred percent of the reward for that, instead of you getting some of that reward. So if if the business came to me and was on, on the left, let's say, with all those marketplaces open and multiple streams of income, and was at least twenty four months old. It might list if it's growing month over month, year over year. It might list in the three and a half time range because mm-hmm. it's a pure e-commerce business. 
Whereas that pure Amazon business, you're going to be in that two and a half to three time range. In fact, the highest one I've closed that's pure Amazon is 2.8. Okay. And that's that that 10-year-old business closing at the end of this But again, week. it's got some history, right? It's got some history. Yeah. I've, I've, come, I've come close just simply on others that had just astronomical growth and a beautiful brand and lots of expansion opportunities, uh, you know, 2.7, 2.6 in that range. Um, but still, there's a, there's a big difference between 2.7. Now, that same business, mm. 100,000 in discretionary earnings, you're looking at a value of, let's say, 200 and. $80,000 plus the cost of good saleable inventory you have on hand at the time of closing mm. versus versus $350,000 plus inventory. Yeah, so yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a big difference. Yeah, no, no, it makes total sense. And I mean, everything you're saying makes total sense. And I think, I mean, looking at a business, you know, you're not looking at just the one channel. And I think that's what you're really saying here is like as many, I say any any uh, additional revenue stream that you can show that the bit that the business has access to or, or that is pulling in is going to strengthen that that brand or that purchase for the investor. Um, and if you can see also potential growth opportunities that might not be t- being maybe uh, optimized as much as they can, because you might get someone that kind of like you said, made the path, but they didn't really know what to do once they got the path paved. Um, and then for you to come in and have the specialty to be able to do all of that outside direct response marketing, maybe, or those other things that can bring in additional revenue to scale. Um, but if at least you have the groundwork set, I think that also helps versus like you said, just being on Amazon. So what I'm gathering though, is history has, has a lot to do with it, right? I mean, we want something that's at least 24 months, I would say that's showing those, those earnings, but then also, you know, trying to have some external channels already in place, um, I think would, would be best. Now, what about like stuff like, um, you know, maybe that business also has a really good, I would say, uh, you know, a good, uh, maybe person on their team that is good at creating, uh, you know, maybe paid traffic to sales as like their own sales funnel. And that's like its own channel in itself. Like, does that all that come into the mix as far as like, is this absolutely is a, okay? So, I mean, because you 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 come from from that from being in the supplement business yourself. I mean, that's a lot of that, right? You build a funnel, you go and you test traffic to it. You might build a different funnel for a different audience that positions them differently, and and depending on how many you have, that's how many more going to keep pulling into the business. Absolutely, absolutely. Every uh, every component of the business comes into play for the valuation of it. And the more revenue streams there are, the more stable it is, the more growth opportunities there are, the higher the business is going to be pushed in the valuation range. And, and the range is always changing. Sure. I, I don't want you, you know, your, your audience to get stuck on the multiples that I'm giving because I'm still waiting for that that Amazon-only business mm. that is three or four years old with private label products that's growing month over month, year over year, that I can push well beyond the three-time multiple. They're out there. I've talked to some of mm. the folks, but the, the business is still too young. Yeah. You know, we're, we're probably looking at, at, at first quarter of next year when we'll have some listings where we're going to break that three-time multiple range uh, and, and get up into the three-and-a-half-time range. It, it, it just simply because the growth is just astronomical in some of these businesses, and, and that has to be taken into account too. If you do the simple math, uh, uh, the way the multiples are done, so three and a half times the seller's discretionary earning, what that means in the buyer's mind is that it's going to take them three and a half years mm-hmm. to earn their money back. Right. 
But when you've got a business that's growing 25% year over year, if you have that listed at a four-time multiple and all things remain the same, the buyer's going to make their money back in 2.7 years. Yeah, yeah. And so so the growth, the year-over-year growth of a business really, really comes into play in the valuation process. The stronger the growth, the longer the history, the multiple platforms, whether it's pay-per-click, Facebook, advertising, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, all um, you know relates to the stability of the business, even with that growth being risk-averse, buyers are willing to stroke a check for a lot more money. So from what I'm gathering right here, uh, again, to kind of simplify things, number one is once you get your stride, you know, definitely make sure that you're doing clean bookkeeping, right? You're, you're definitely at your accounting to where it's separate than your other businesses that you're dabbling in. So this way here, things can be sorted out so you can see exactly what that business is doing. Um, secondly, I'm seeing that you definitely want to build a business that has opportunities to grow outside of just Amazon. Yes, you could do it on just Amazon. And like you said, but it's going to take maybe longer history and it's going to have to show, you know, year after year growth. Um, I still would find that as an investor to be risky because I only got one leg to stand on. And if that leg ends up giving out, I'm done. Um, and then I got to figure out how to get those products marketed outside. I'd rather come into a business that has, um, at least some external channels. That's just me personally. Um, if I was investing in, in a company and I'd like to see a trend that was growing, um, that wasn't just going to be a fad or something. Um, you know, I mean, like hoverboards. I mean, let's take them for example, right? If I seen a hoverboard, uh, which I actually, funny enough, I, I did, um, that was for sale um, that I, I could have purchased. Um, and I, I didn't even think about it twice because obviously it's a fad and not, not to mention I wouldn't want to have the liability issues. But I'm um, just saying like you have to look at those things as well. But so really we're talking about financials. We're talking about a business that has uh, growth opportunities. And if you're just starting, it's really about finding that market that has products being served to that market that aren't going to just stop in the next three, four years. It's something that you can continue to grow. And then once you get to a place like that and your financials are in place and all that, then you have the opportunity to possibly um, basically sell out, you know, and go ahead and, and, and cash in on, on that particular business. Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, you've simplified it greatly. Thank you. I, I, I do this every day, so I, <laughs> I throw a lot of information out No, there, it's good. It's that's good. That's it. No, it's it, it, it's great. And uh, I, I mean, I, again, I, I find that stuff to be kind of like common sense in a sense, but there's a lot of nitty gritty that goes into it. But I think if people can just visualize like, you know, you have this business and if it only resides in that one location, it's riskier, period. Um, if you can open up a bunch more shops like you were franchising it in a sense, like if you had a brick and mortar, you're more sure. stable because you have more ways that if one doesn't work, the other one will and kind of make it yep. up that way. Um, so I, I love that. So um, and, and I know that your company right now, basically that you work for, that's what you guys do, right? You guys analyze businesses. Um, and really, I mean, for you, it's kind of, I, I kind of look at you as like the varsity basketball coach <laughs> and you don't want to know why, because you've got a farm system right here, right? And that I'm not farm, tall enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, that farm system right now in, in, in the, you know, in, when, when you're training the kids, when they're young, you're training those people that are building these businesses to build them right. Because if they build them right, then you have an opportunity to cash out when you get to the varsity leagues. Um, that's just kind of how I think about it. It's a good analysis. Uh, you know, there's, there's, we've been around for 10 years, 
you know, Mark Dow started the company in 2006. Uh, each each one of us have built, we've bought, and we've sold our own online businesses. So we've we've had great successes and epic failures, like my investment back mm-hmm. in 2012. So we've learned the hard way, and we look at ourselves as business advisors, not just brokers. Sure. We we do we 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 coach, we advise, we help people. Ninety percent of them again. Um, we more or less tell them to go away, yeah. uh, go, 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 go work on this, go do that. And we're here for you when you're ready. It's exactly what Mark did for me back in yeah. 2010. Yeah. He told me to go away. I did. And, and, and I came back and, and made a lot more money when I, when I sold it at the right time, mm. as opposed to when I thought I wanted to. Yeah. So, so then you basically though, your company, and this is kind of how I look at it too. I mean, you're like in the real estate business technically. I mean, you have like properties that are for sale and you have buyers that you know that would be interested in a certain type of business and then you can pull those together and then you can make a phone call. And that's kind of how I think about it is kind of like, you know, if you are, if I was to do real estate and I have a wholesale guy that, you know, basically, and he knows I'm an investor, you can kind of match me up with an investor. Um, is that kind of right? I mean, like you, you have people that come to you, yeah. I'm sure, but you also have people that are like, Hey, if something comes across your table and it looks like this, this, and this, give me a call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a, an ever increasing list of, of those, but we, we have a database. People sign up to get notified when we have new listings come out. Okay. And, and, and so, you know, when a listing is done, the marketing package is complete and ready. We put it live on our website and it goes out to our database all within the same 24 hours. Now, there's nothing in there that reveals the name of the Amazon store or the URL of the website or anything like that. It's completely confidential. It's just a teaser. Somebody has to have an NDA on file before they see the full marketing package. Gotcha. But it, go, it, it initially goes out to our internal database. And for a decent listing within the first 24 hours, we're going to have anywhere from 100 to 200 inquiries oh, on wow. that listing. Wow, wow. Uh, and they'll get to see the full marketing package. Then they'll follow up and ask questions of me. And it, it, we wait about 10 days and then we go out to the larger MLS listings for, for businesses for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a pretty streamlined process. Now, okay, so now let's flip it over and let's say I'm an investor. Okay, I, I'm going to mm-hmm. look at your, at your properties. First off, let me, let me ask you this. What typically, what's the range? Like in, in, if I wanted to invest, what's the range and again, we're not going to hold you to it, but like, what's the range of a starting price to up to, I mean, I'm sure it could go up to as much as it wants to, as much as it's valued at, but like, what's the low end and then maybe upwards? Well, if I look just at my own personal listings in the last 24 months, the highest valued one that I sold was 3.3 million. Okay. And the lowest was about $120,000. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah. and so, and so going down to like, and I'm just trying to give people a feel too. like, maybe there's people listening right now that are like, you know what? I don't want to go build the business. I want to go and buy one and then build it further. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? There's, there's people that I'm sure that are listening that are maybe in that camp. Um, you know, so you just, it's a, and it's a great way to do it. Uh, and it, it's, it's amazing really, Scott, cause I, I talked to guys that went to Wharton School of Business, Harvard MBA, and they've, they've got all the education they could possibly have, but they can't seem to launch a successful business. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've talked to you know, mothers of four with four kids running around like crazy, and they fight and they scrape and they, they work hard and they get lucky. Yeah. All the stars were aligned. And all of a sudden, they're making $120,000 a year working 20 hours a week. And, Joe, it's not what I want. Sell this thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, you're crazy. Yeah. Get some help. Take a vacation. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you got a good thing here. 
Um, no, I get it. But, but, you know, there is that opportunity for people that have been trying to build a business and, and just can't get all the stars to align, uh, even through all the efforts that they've made. Buying a business is a, is a, is a good opportunity. You just have to be careful. You mm. know, you don't want to make the mistake I made and get hit by, a, a, you know, an algorithm update. There are companies out there that you can use to uh, do financial analysis when you make a purchase. Uh, or they'll do an, an Amazon analysis now as well. A company called Centurica, a guy named Chris Yates owns the company and does a great job. I refer a lot of my buyers to him to help them with the analysis if they're not good at it himself, at oh, themselves. Okay. okay, yeah, so you're kind of yeah. like looking under the hood. Yeah, I mean, it's people are investing their life savings, Scott. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that they're happy. We want them to to be happy and successful and say good things about quiet light and the company that they bought it from and, Mm. and, and what comes around goes around, you know, maybe they'll come back to me in three, five, 10 years and want to sell the business. Maybe buy another one. No, that's a, that's a great, great point. Uh, Let's, let's wrap up here, but let's, let's maybe first, kind of uh let's kind of touch a little bit on what's the and i think i I know what the answer is gonna be but i just kind of want to put it there what is the number one thing that you think um people that are starting a business um that they do wrong that they could do differently it's it's back to the basics they commingle funds with multiple companies They've got okay. multiple websites generating multiple uh, streams of revenue, and they just put them all in one bank account. And they, mm. do, and they don't know how much money they have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's, I knew that was going to be the answer. I, th- I thought it was, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I wanted to highlight that because I do think it's important too. Well, it's good data. You know? Look, look uh, it's, it's good data. I sold a business in the, I don't know, it must have been March, where they, it was that young Amazon uh, business. It was 20 months old. They didn't collect a, a nickel of sales taxes. Mm-hmm. This is huge. This is one that people mm-hmm. must do. Mm-hmm. Invest a little bit of money in the sales tax software, the collection process, the distribution process. Collect and pay sales taxes where you have nexus. You got to do it. The listing that I sold had to take seventy thousand dollars out of their pocket at closing, set it aside in escrow uh, to offset not having collected sales taxes. The 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 liability in certain states. There's an article in the uh, American Bar Association now that the buyer shared with me, shared with the seller, says that certain states have written laws to have that liability carry forward to the new owner of the business. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is huge. Mm-hmm. The new owner of the business is going to discover this, and this has happened more in the last 12 months. Have buyers wanted tax clearance certificates than in the last four years combined? Yeah, I actually, uh, I had, um, uh, one of the founders of tax jar on, uh, just recently and we talked about, uh, all about sales tax and all that stuff. And I, I do think things have to be cleaned up there. I still think it's, it's just not even clear, um, as far as where and what we all know Nexus, but what, you know, whatever state you're inventory in is technically, te- is technically going to be the one you're going to be liable for. Um, and we may ship into one location, but Amazon then moves it and we don't know it until we have something like tax jar that will tell us that and then still and then we don't know if it's 100 percent. so um it's definitely something i think that people should go over to tax jar check that out (laughs) again and just do your research um hire uh someone that you trust um to maybe look at that but um yeah that's definitely important and i think that uh on the basic level it's yeah you need to be collecting sales tax 
in your state or any state that you have next for 100%. Um, and, um, and again, if, if you're going to sell the business, that's where that would come back to bite you if you weren't doing that right now, because then that will come into play. And then really what you're doing, what you're, what it kind of sounds like you're doing there, uh, is you are taking 70 grand, you're putting it in escrow and you're saying, listen, that money might not ever need to be touched, but if we ever get a suit, that's where the money's going. Yeah. Is that true? Well, in this case, they had 12 months. They had 12 months to go out and get tax clearance certificates from the states. And, and, and you know, and if they got them and they didn't owe anything to that state, then that $70,000 would not be reduced. At the end of 12 months, the 12 months is not up yet, so we don't know how it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. But at the end of 12 months, if there's $35,000 left, that $35,000 will be released to the seller. If all 70 is gone, then it's gone. They, they calculated uh, the potential sales tax liability using services yep. like TaxJar and came up okay. with that 70000 We also calculated that if they had invested $3,700 in the software, the collection and distribution over that 18-month period, they wouldn't owe anything. So oh, okay. it's, a, it's an 1,800% return on investment if they had invested gotcha. that 3700 bucks. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that, that's, that, that's definitely good. So really financials, right? We, we got to make sure that we're, we're up on our financials and I mean, really right down to the basics. I mean, again, uh, you know, how much, how much did it cost for the goods? How much did it cost for all the expenses to sell the goods? Um, and, and all of the, all the basic stuff that we do when we do our taxes. Even, um, so even, is, even separately knowing your beginning inventory and your ending inventory and your purchases for every single month in an Excel spreadsheet, most yeah. people don't do, but it's critical. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, critical. Yeah, yeah. So that allows yeah. you to get the accrual accounting method in your profit and loss statement if you have to put it in there manually. If, if you do cash and your business is growing, your discretionary earnings are going to look very small, and they're not very small. You're constantly reinvesting money in inventory in a growing mm-hmm. business. You have to use the accrual method, which, hey, I hate accounting too, but you've got, yeah. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, you got to use it to get value, the, yeah, best, yeah. the best value. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, Joel, this has been really actually great. Uh, I'm glad I had you on because I learned a bunch and I also kind of re, I guess, confirmed my my feelings of uh, of how to really do it properly. And, and if you're going to ever sell and I say the word if because some people might say, you know what, I don't want I want to build this thing into something else and uh, and to just keep growing it. And that'll be my my retirement, or maybe that's something I really enjoy this market that I'm in. So, but if, if you are interested, um, in, in looking into this or looking into Joe's services, Joe, how would people get a hold of you? I uh, just go to the website, quietlightbrokerage.com. There's a uh, valuation links. They can click on it and we'll do a free valuation. There's no pressure. We're, we're here to help. Okay, um, cool. comes around, goes around. That's all it is. Yeah, no, I'll definitely, I'll link that up in the show notes as well. And, uh, um, I know that you have uh, also, um, I think you have like some tips and stuff like that as far as like how to evaluate and all that stuff. And that's all on your website as well? Yeah, there's a lot of resources on the website. There's an ebook, uh, 10 Steps to Selling Your Amazon Business. It's it's really 10 Steps to Selling Any Internet Business. That okay. can be downloaded as well. That will walk someone through the entire process from calculating broker commissions, legal fees, taxes, all of it. Okay, cool. Good. All right. Great. Well, Joe, I want to thank you again. It's been really nice chatting. I'm sure we'll talk again in the future. And uh, yeah, just want to say thanks for spending time with us and uh, giving us a little education on how to sell a business if we want to sell a business. So thanks again, man. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure, Scott. Nice talking with you. All right. So there you go, right? I mean, that's some good information to know. Now, whether you are in Camp A which you're starting a business and you have plans to maybe grow it and then sell it in two, three, four, five years, um, that's good information, right? 
we need to build the foundation. Now, on Camp B, you might be someone that's like, you know what, I think I just want to maybe buy a website or maybe get a couple partners and buy uh, a web business or an e-commerce business or an Amazon-only business. I mean, you may want to do that to kind of cut some of the startup. Um, and I think this is all good information. If you're buying a web or a website or an Amazon business or an e-commerce business, these are the things you need to look at and make sure that are being checked. It's like buying a car. Uh, you know, if you're buying a used car, you want someone to kind of go through the car to make sure that you're not buying something that has holes in it or flaws in it, right? It's the same idea. And on the other side, camp A, the ones that want to build something and possibly sell it, well, you want to have these things done so when someone does go and look through your financials or through your business and see what kind of revenue streams you have, you can show that you've got a solid business, not just a one-legged business. All right, so uh, yeah, I want to thank Joe again. Uh, really appreciate him having on. I'm sure if you guys uh, have any more questions or anything, he'll be more than happy to answer them. He's told me that, so definitely hit him up and uh, definitely go check out his services. I'm going to put everything in the show notes. So again, the transcripts, uh, the links, all that stuff that we discussed will be there. So theamazingseller.com forward slash 270 and you can go check all of that out and uh, just want to say guys I mean depending on where you are in this journey this is just good information to have so just remember that uh, it's there for you when you need it right again I'm a big fan in just in time learning and that means if you uh, if you're not thinking about uh, either one of these right now maybe you're not thinking about selling and maybe you're not thinking about buying but you know what you may in the future and now you have that in your toolbox all right so focus on what you need to learn now take action on that and I promise you that will help you move forward alright guys that's it that's going to wrap up this episode remember I'm here for you I believe in you and I'm rooting for you but you have to you have to come on say it with me say it loud say it proud let's stay together now take action have an awesome amazing day and I'll see you right back here on the next episode <laughs>